9-0-1. There you go. <laughs> that's it. You use the area code here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which is 225. You can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. There you go. Sure wish you would. Always enjoy hearing from folks all around town, all around the country, wherever you may be. That's it. And we're live and raring to go this morning. That's right. Live and in person in the studio. So if you have a question, this is the perfect time to call in and get an answer live and what have you. That it is. <laughs> we can always take email on the website. Sure. and We get quite a bit of that, but it's to me, not quite as fulfilling, I think, as being able to talk to a real person. Exactly. I'd much rather talking to someone than send an email, sit and wait, yeah. and maybe not get the answer back, or maybe have another question that you have to ask. And well, a follow-up question, because the way our website is designed, you can't just reply and start a big old string. Because if we did that, we'd have so much spam in there, we couldn't even sure. people have put you in their address book, and then it goes out somewhere else, it goes out somewhere else, and... We got literally thousands and thousands of spam emails that we can't sort through because we have to look at every one to see if it's legitimate or not. So we've set it up to where you can only send an email directly from the website. Any other ones just get bounced exactly. back out. They don't go into anything. They just, just bounce them out so we don't actually see them. So you do have to fill out another form. I know it's a little bit inconvenient, but that's just the world we live in today. That it is. Give us, give us a call, 291 That'll get you straight to us, put you up to the top of the list. Got all our lines wide open, just sitting here rip-roaring and ready. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking a little bit before show came right. on, and I mentioned about this program on losing weight that I had watched. And sure. The guy was saying how there are all these studies out there that say this, that, and the other. But for every study out there, or the vast majority of studies out there, you can find no study that will contradict it. Well, in in thing you got to remember is who put this study out well that's and what where is, i was what is, going yeah, okay what is the agenda here yeah thing is if people put out a, a study or somebody had to pay for all that sure and for the most part they expect to earn that money back in some way shape or form and the, therefore it becomes what you call biased information exactly whoever is putting this out has a bias they are trying to push a certain thing on you and he had mentioned about red wine how a lot of the studies start. Yeah, there's a study comes out. It says this wine contains this, which is good for you. And that's true. But tons of other things contain the same thing. And they're uh-huh. also good for you. And they don't have all the sugar and all the alcohol and all those stuff that the red wine has. But the sale of red wine went through the ceiling. Sure. So somebody made a whole lot of money with that, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and where are we going with that? If you look on the Internet about automotive problems, it's oh, the man. same exact thing. Sure. Possibly even worse because nobody regulates it at all. But there's all kinds of information out there, but the vast majority of it tends to be biased. It does. And, for instance, if you want to know about an extended warranty, just type in the word extended warranty, and you are going to get probably 25 or 30 pages. And Google now puts that little AD ad at uh-huh. the top. It was a directly paid-for advertisement rather sure. than content like it should be. And there will be just page and page and page and page of people trying to sell you an extended, an extended warranty. warranty. Plus, it's going to throw it into your profile so they know, hey, there's a guy looking for that, so you can be getting bombarded with other <laughs> All the advertisements yeah. and everything else, yeah. For, forever more. And to find any 
relatively unbiased information, you're probably going to have to go 40, 50 pages deep in there. Then you might find somebody like Consumer Reports who will tell you, hey, this is really not a good deal because it's a profit-making thing. Uh It's not going to be something that you're going to come out on. Right. But so, so much of the information on the Internet has become biased to the point that a lot of it is just totally useless. Not even that, but a lot of it is actually harmful to you. It is. It'll tell you the exact wrong thing to do to really mm-hmm. get your problem resolved. So you got to be very careful. I'm not saying the Internet is not useful. In many cases, it is useful. It can give you some ideas. Some of the forums are, right. are okay. I mean, if you take it with a grain of salt, you got to say, okay, these are not professional mechanics. This is a guy who said, well, my car did this, and I and did this, this, and it fixed it. Exactly. Okay, well, that's one thing to look at. It doesn't mean that's that what is the problem gonna- is with yours. So anyway, we're going to talk more about that. Let's go to the phone lines. We've got Gene online. Good morning, Gene. Hey, good morning. Love y'all's radio show. Thanks, sir. Somebody, somebody was telling me I shouldn't be using starting fluid in my diesel. I got a diesel tractor, mm-hmm. just a, and they said for me to use silicone spray. So, well, you know, I always heard use something like WD forty will do the same job because it is a lightweight oil. And it is lighter than diesel fuel, so it will a little bit more combustible. I mean, that's what I was always told, not that I'm a diesel expert, but starting fluid is a highly, highly, highly volatile liquid made for more for gasoline engines. That high compression diesel, with an explosion that violent, you could actually damage the engine. That's what I've always heard. Again, I have to confess I'm not an expert on diesels, but they all I know every time I've ever talked to anybody who knows, they say, no, absolutely do not put starting fluid in a diesel and like i said a lot of them will use wd-40 so and and i don't know about silicone spray i'm not sure exactly what's in there but almost any kind of super light petroleum product will run a diesel yeah uh, i appreciate it and i used to believe about that now replacing the two batteries but listening to you after what 20 years mm-hmm. a lot of times on the facebook forums i tell people something funny acting up in your electrical in your pickup truck Switch out both batteries. Oh, yeah. So, I, I tell you what, that I fixes a lot, a lot of y'all. them. Well, thank you. So, I appreciate it. Listen to y'all and you recommend your website well, very at least good. three, four times a week. Well, very well, thank good. You. Thank you. All right, Gene. Thanks for calling, man. Bye-bye. Yeah, that thing where batteries on a diesel, I mean, a battery in any car is critical. Right. But in a diesel, because those starter motors on diesels are so, so robust, they pull so much amperage. If you get a battery that's low or two batteries that are low, what it can do, it can draw the voltage down enough where it'll still crank over, but it, but it will not start. Exactly. I remember we had a Ford Power Stroke come in, crank, 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 and sound like it's cranking full speed, sure. but it wasn't. And it wouldn't start at all. They'd check all kinds of stuff and come to find out, that's back when Justin was working for us, diesel guy, and he says the RPM it's cranking at is too low. He put a tachometer on, he measured it. Right. He said it's cranking about 350 to 375 RPM, and it's got to hit about 450 to start. And sure enough, we put two brand-new batteries in, boom, fired fire, right up. Right up, yeah. Yep. And, I mean, listening to it, it didn't sound like it was cranking slow, but it was. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, one of those things, man, you got to – and, you know, that's one of those pieces of information. You may go on the Internet and find somebody who ran across that, and he'll post that. And – I'm not saying go buy two batteries, and, but yeah, that's not going to fix yours. At but. least check it and make sure that yours is turning at the proper speed. You know, all these things can be checked. And it's like anything else. It's sort of like when people send me an email and they'll give me some symptoms. 
what I'm going to do, I'm never going to say, go, go, go change this. This is it. Change right. that. I'm going to say, check this, check this, check this, based on the symptoms that you give me. Because many times that is going to correct the problem. And it's kind of, it's not a call to action. In other words, don't do this. That's one thing we see a lot where people will go and they'll get a code read and they'll say, well, the code is. Oxygen sensor's bad. Yeah, oxygen sensor, yeah, bad. It, no code ever says oxygen sensor bad. Exactly. There's no such code. Right. What it, it always says, says is out of range. It may say it's out of range. It may say circuit failure. It may say heater circuit failure. It's never going to say the sensor's bad. So what that is, that's a call to this is the area that is causing the problem. Correct. Let's say you got a heater circuit failure. That doesn't mean the circuit is bad. It could be the fuse is blown in the sure. circuit. It could be a mouse got in there and ate the wire. Ate the wire up. Yeah. It could be the wire is just loose or a bad connection and it can't transmit enough amperage to heat that thing up fast enough. So there's any number of things. And the problem is what people tend to do is they'll go out and they'll get a code, say oxygen sense, just to stay on that. First thing they do, they start looking for the cheapest oxygen sense they can find. Well, you're already behind the eight ball. Yeah. You're going to find a piece of junk O2 sensor that sure. doesn't even do the job. Now what it's going to do, it's not going to regulate the fuel-air fit mixture properly. It may knock the computer out because it's not reading right or sending too much amperage back. So now you got a bad computer and a bad oxygen sensor and the original problem, whatever that was. It may knock the catalytic converter out. It can do all kinds of stuff. Collateral damage is what we call that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things that the cheapest way out is usually the more expensive way in. Exactly. Hey, we're going to take a quick little break. Be right back with a whole lot more on the automotive hour. If you ever plan to motor. Mimi, your hair is so cute. Who cuts it? Oh, thanks. I got a guy for you. Here's his card. It just says Fallon. Oh, no. It's Fallon. Well, uh, Fallon doesn't have a number on his card. I know. Appointments with Fallon are referral only. But I must cut a lock of your hair. Deliver it to Fallon. He will put it under his pillow for a week, and your style and cut will come to him in a vision. Seems like old Fallon has quite a gig going. Today, everybody's got a guy. If you're looking for an automotive guy, Think Agco Automotive. No complications, just quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And with Agco's general inspection, they complete an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so you can budget for the year and keep your car in tip-top shape. So, how much does Fallon charge for a cut? That will come to him in a vision, too. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. If you're joining us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901. We are live and in person. We'd appreciate hearing from you. Just give us a call. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Couldn't be more explicit <laughs> than that. <laughs> you said it all. Hey, we're talking a little bit about bias information and how it can be less than useless. I mean, it can actually cause you harm in many, many cases. Now, the thing is, how can you spot bias information? Well, the first thing you want to do is look who is actually putting information out. Mm-hmm. Is there an agenda there? Right. You know, what do they have? What do they have to gain from this information? Right. If anything, another thing, if you read through the information carefully, is there a call to action? And there's all advertisement starts with a call to action. Do this now. Mm-hmm. Buy this now. This is on sale. Save money by doing this. These are calls to action, and this is going to generally connote some biased information rather than a guy who simply 
or girl who simply presents the information to you. There's this is the way it works. This is how this. This is one thing. Some check this. How you can check this. There's no call to action here. Not hey, buy this and it'll do this. Right. So that's one way to to always spot that. If they're saying, "Come to me, I can do this. I can fix this," and nobody else can. Well, you know that's kind of biased information. Sure. If somebody's not presenting what is, is more like information that you could use, information that could help you. Let's go back to our phone lines. We got Mike online. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Yes, sir. Good morning. Listen, I have a 2016 F-150. Okay. 5.0 liter. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing some fluid on the ground these cold mornings. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem to be oil or anything. I, I suspect it's a, a antifreeze type Probably of is, you know? yes, sir. Okay. What, any thoughts? Uh, yeah, those are notorious, that... Mike. There's a little, and I'm going to let Brian tell you, but it, where the upper air hose goes in is like a little plastic conglomeration of stuff. And those are notorious for leaking. And they may only leak when they're cold. They may only leak when they're hot. They don't necessarily leak all the time. Can you explain yeah. how that thing works, Brian? There's an O-ring there that will change Sometimes with temperature, real cold temperature, the O-ring will shrink and it'll leak a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like Lewis was saying, there's a conglomeration of several hoses that come to a connection point right there in front of the motor. They've had – some of them are actually quick connects, and Ford has had a lot of trouble with those. The quick connect where the hose connects into the recovery bottle where the cap is was also pretty mm-hmm. notorious for leaking. Mm-hmm. But that is the, the thermostat area of that motor. It's not actually mounted on the motor, hanging out on the front of the motor. So, Is this something I need to get addressed? Yes, yes sir. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, a couple of problems you're going to have, Mike, is it's leaking out, so it's going to run low on coolant, which can overheat the engine, which causes your major problems. But it can also ingest oxygen back into the system because it leaks both ways. And that oxygen okay. can cause massive corrosion in the system. You'll notice a radiator go out, then a heater core will go out. And it's because oxygen is getting mixed in with the stuff. So, yeah, I would jump on that real quick. I mean, you ain't got to do it today, obviously, but I would get on yeah. that in the next week or so. And That's something y'all handle there? Oh, yeah, we yes, do sir. a lot of those. And how many miles are on your truck, Mike? 82. Okay, so fairly low yeah. miles. Figures to 16, so it's five years old now. It's time to change all the coolant and everything sure. anyway. I would probably look at changing all the coolant, change whatever's leaking, look real good at the water pump. That may still be okay. Sometimes... That's Ford. all in the same area. Yeah, Ford hadn't had much trouble with the water no, pumps. No, but I was going to say, if it had 160,000, yeah. I'd probably recommend a water pump. Yeah. I'd probably also recommend okay. a thermostat while you're in there. Okay. I guess a, a biased question. Do I need an appointment to drop it off Monday, or can I just drop in and leave it with you? If you can leave it for a day or so, I'm sure they can get it worked in. I know last time I talked to Lou, said they were pretty booked up, but, again, we get people who don't show up. We get stuff where parts don't come yeah. in when we plan. So if it's there, we can work on yeah, it. Yeah, if it's there, it'll definitely okay, get worked in. Okay. I got no problem with having it gone two days. Yeah, well, that, that's not a problem. Yeah, just bring it in Monday and, and drop it off with Elizabeth mm-hmm. and just – Tell them what you got. You're, you're losing coolant. And they'll check it out, and uh, within a day or two, they'll get it worked out. A lot of times, if you don't have to have it back immediately, that's the fastest way. Yeah. Okay. All right. Appreciate y'all's okay. thoughts on it. All right, Mike. Thanks, Thank man. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901. If you got a problem with your vehicle yeah. or just something you want to know about. And you know that Ford, they've actually came out with a revised coolant that mm-hmm. supersedes just about everything that they've used previously. Yeah. So what the vehicle used to call for was a VCB, I believe. VC3B. 
Yeah, it was a orange coolant, mm-hmm. and now they've come out with a VC13B, right? Which is kind of a clear coolant, and that's the the latest and greatest. And Ford says you can actually reverse use yeah. it. So yeah, you you can. Mit, they are all compatible. So I hope so. I don't. They've had a lot of shifting cool, around. Yeah, green, and they had the well, they, yellow, green, yellow, orange, and now the the new stuff, which is kind of a it, it's a yellowish base but it's almost a yellowish green yeah. type color hmm. i don't know they're always revising the coolants well when you see people changing up it's because generally they're trying to address some sort of a problem they're mm-hmm. having and, and so it, i always well. like to go back with the latest and greatest because they are you are paying for all this engineering and sure. on some level or another so you might as well take advantage of it exactly and, and you know you're getting the right thing that's the engineer design is for right. this so you know you're getting the right coolant back in the engine right let's go back to our phone lines with curtis good morning curtis Hello, appreciate y'all taking my call. Well, thanks, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, I got Toyota twenty nineteen Toyota Virus, which is my mo- uh, Toyota Yaris, I uh-huh. believe it is, which is my mother's car. And uh, check engine light came on, and I got my little cold reader out, and mm-hmm. uh, it says that code is twenty six ten. I have no idea what that uh, will be dealing with there, you know. But all it does is just clicks when I try to start it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not cranking or anything like that. It doesn't crank, okay. but it's like a click. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if it's how, how many miles are on it, Curtis. What? Well, I'm not sure. There, it's not a lot. I mean, low, lower <laughs> mileage, yeah. lower mileage. I mean, the very first thing I'd want to do is check the battery. And you know, batteries almost always fail in this cold weather. The right. Heat, I thought about that. The heat yeah. of the summer kills them because it's run, it's hot and it's running faster than it should. And when it cools off, the reaction slows down. So that's when it's going to show up. So I mean, the, right. the very first thing I would probably want to do is if the battery is about three years old or more, I'd probably go and get a new battery and put it. That's about a ninety percent chance that's going to fix it. If it doesn't right. fix it, you can always look deeper. But if the battery is three years old, it needs a battery anyway. You know, particularly. Okay, but it's a it's a 2019. Okay. Toyota. Okay, so, so it's you know. two years old. Yeah. So I've seen batteries die at two years. Yeah, I would at least check it. I would at least have yeah. the battery tested. And right. A two year old battery, they should be good, but you know, it should be. You know, some yeah. of them, some of them last four years, and some of them die too. Average is three. Right. <laughs> right. So oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, that'd be the first thing I'd do is to take the battery and have it tested somewhere. Right. You can take it out and bring it, have it tested. Just remember when you right. take it out, you're going to lose any of the memory and the codes that are stored in the PCM. So right. Well, the code you have now is going to go away right? because the battery's going to get disconnected. Well, but if the battery's bad, it's if the battery's bad, be lost anyway. We have to get a good battery in now, and then check from one there. One thing you might do, too, if you, uh, Curtis, if you got like a voltmeter, right. take your voltmeter and put it across those two terminals and see what it's right. reading. And if it's reading right. 12 and a half volts, continue to hold your voltmeter there. Have someone hit the switch, and when it clicks, see what it, if it drops way down when it clicks. Then right. you got then you, very likely you got a battery problem. Okay, well y'all are kind of guided me. I can help mom out with this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, she's right. over 80 years old. Yeah, that's so right. She, does, she doesn't yeah. need a car she, she can't depend on. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Exactly. All right. So yeah. I appreciate it. Love your show. Okay, Love Curtis. You. Thanks for calling, man. All right. Thank you all. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. All right. 291-6901 is the number. We've got to take a quick little break. We'll be right back with a whole lot more on the Automotive Hour. 
Linda, I've been so tense lately. Can you recommend a masseuse? Oh, have I got a massage guy. Johan Thundercloud. He's Swedish Native American who uses classic deep tissue massage with natural healing methods. That sounds interesting. His deep tissue green pine cone massage is amazing. Along with the piercing eagle claw technique. Working your muscles with a rhythmic screech. When you hear that, you know it's working. I bet. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, check out the team at Agco Automotive. We keep it simple with high-quality maintenance and repairs you can trust. And don't forget about Agco's general inspection, an annual checkup to diagnose problems and schedule maintenance so your car will perform for the long term. One thing, though. Do you bleed easily? What? Johan will want to know. Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. Just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between tools to try to answer any automotive questions you might have, just give us a call. And we got Joey online. Good morning, Joey. Thanks for holding. Hey, no problem at all. Thanks very much. And I look forward. A lot of times on Saturdays, you get busy and I forget to tune in, but <laughs> I try to. Real quick, a couple of things. I love the the Johan Thundercloud ad. That is so <laughs> funny. I laugh every time I hear it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Jeff English does those spots for yep, us. Yep. He is so, <laughs> so funny. Man, is talented. That's funny. So anyway, I'm contemplating buying a new truck. I've got a Ram 3500. It's a 05 beast. I got the manual transmission. Mm-hmm. I've hauled our fifth wheel camper all over the country in that thing. And I'm, I'm planning on keeping it. Because I just, when something breaks, I just put a new clutch in. And it went 185000 on the clutch. Pretty darn good. I was surprised. But anyway, I'm contemplating maybe later this year, maybe next year, but probably later this year, getting a new Ram, another quad cab, 3500 And I think the ASIN transmission was the the one you mentioned before, going sticking with that. And is there... Is there anything different with Ford and Chevy that I should consider? I I just don't like a diesel engine with aluminum heads. That's just yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, if you had good luck with the Ram, I wouldn't say it's any any more problematic than any of the other or that any of the other ones offer any huge advantage over okay. it, you know. I mean, if, if it's giving you good service up to this point, I would probably stay with what you got. There's a lot of, I guess, benefit to staying with one vehicle. Number one, you know pretty much how it operates. Number two, you're right. probably familiar with servicing it. You know the things yep. that it needs and all. I know fleets will do that a lot. Well, they just keep buying the same vehicle because it's a lot cheaper for them. They don't have to retrain people to work on it and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I wouldn't say it's any worse or has any more inherent problems than any of the others. I mean, all of the newer vehicles tend to have more problems than I think they should, but... You know, you got to remember my my view is always skewed because I only see the broken ones. You know, I don't hear the people <laughs> right. who have one that goes hundred eighty thousand miles, never gives any trouble, and they're happy as a devil with it. You know, I see the ones that are broken. <laughs> right, right. They don't bring it to you to show it off. Hey, right. look, my truck's running great. Yeah, it's, it's running great. It don't need it. anything. Yeah. What I see is the ones that break, and what sticks in my mind are the ones that break prematurely or for no apparent reason. So I have a little bit of a skewed viewpoint. That most people sure. don't. But, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have any problem with that. I mean, I think if you've had it, it's giving you good service. You're used to it. You like it. I mean, you might want to just go drive another one oh, just yeah. to see what you think. Definitely go drive. Yeah. But uh, I don't I, think I, there's any big advantage on any of them. There's a few 
things that they've changed over the years that kind of bug me, but like Lewis was saying, I, I see the broken ones. I see the ones that we used to do this with them, and now we can't type things. So, like you said, go drive it. See how you like it. I know going to the dial instead of a shift lever, right? which I cannot stand. Yeah, it's on the Chrysler's. That's the, Dodge, the yep. pickups yeah. and everything else. It just yeah, it's Most one of the things that, that I don't like about them. The push button that has been out since 2000. I don't like the push button start. Yeah, now, I'm an okay person. Yeah, ask me. So, but, like you said, yeah. go drive it, see what you think. You know, you might be able to to live with the new stuff versus the old. Or you might like it. Or, yeah, you yeah, may th- like it more. Lots of people like that stuff. That's they why. Are. That's why they well, put it on there. You know. Yeah, some of it, some of the electronics. I know my wife's 2019 Chrysler Pacifica. That thing's got so many, you know, heated seats, heated oh, yeah. steering oh, wheel. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. The last few days, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know. Well, exactly. There's a reason why most they put it on the, there. You know. Yeah. Most of the, the only things I, I, that I see a concern really is they've gone to so much of the electronic touchpad. And right. Right all that kind of stuff. I'm used to knobs and buttons. If exactly. I want my air conditioning yeah. on, I push the fan on what speed I want, and then I turn you know, turn it to whatever speed. And then, you know. But and, anyway. And, you know, I got to say, uh, that stuff is fairly dependable, but when it does break, yeah. you know, it ain't going to be no go-to-junkyard oh, and yeah. get one. It's going to be cough up about four grand for a touch panel and <laughs> have it programmed yeah, and it, all uh, that, you know. You know, the funny thing is all my Dodge and Chrysler stuff have always had extended warranties, and I wound up. Ne- never using hardly one of them. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah. those years. are geared to take and, money and away from fine. you. I, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh, one thing that's hard for me to tow in, I normally, we don't go like off-road towing right. and, and camping. So I just, I can't even imagine needing four-wheel drive. But when you go look at new trucks, find me a two-wheel drive. Yeah. It, I, I don't understand it. They just, everything's, oh, I got a 3500 we got 20 in stock, and they're all four-wheel drive. Yeah, well, and I again, can understand in Montana, yeah. You know, people tend to think if some's good, more's better. Right. And that's not always the case. The right amount is the right amount. But they say, well, I can buy this one for this much, or I can get a four-wheel drive for this much. But you got to remember, you got a lot more stuff moving. There's more stuff to break. If you don't need it, yeah, you just don't need right. it. Well, and you got to look at it from their standpoint. The four-wheel drive, if you're there looking for a truck, and you can get this one today, or you got to wait two months for a two-wheel drive. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, you know, yeah. It's kind of a sales well, And see, if a guy too. goes in looking for four-wheel drive and you don't have it, you're going to lose the sale. Right. But most people will go from a two to a four and just, well, i got something extra, you know? And they don't think about well, how much they're paying for it. But Yeah, it took me six months to make up my mind on that 05 because I had to find one. I wanted to find one with the manual transit. Yeah, it's getting right. harder and harder because to find. That was, that, that was so bulletproof, mm-hmm. you know? And it was hydraulic clutch first time i pushed the clutch in i like to shove my foot through the yeah, board yeah it slammed it on down <laughs> i thought it was, the yeah, i thought it was like a, a mac dump truck and i was yeah. gonna have to put some oomph on it but, <laughs> and it was it's, it's no harder to drive than a honda accord so I know. i'm, I'm I know. fine with that but you can't get it anymore that's out yeah right well and one good so, thing one good thing about the, uh, the old manual transmission if you ever leave your keys in there or somebody tries they can't steal it because they, they can't, can't drive it. They can't steal it. <laughs> I, don't know. I could leave it I most of the people who are stealing cars probably can't, yeah. can't drive off standard anyway so <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing to hack into either that's right all right well i'm pretty sure i'm gonna go that route and stick with my ram i, I just i like that cummins engine mm-hmm. to, yeah to the ends of the earth there that's been such a yeah it's a great thing, platform i'm gonna Definitely get an extended warranty for electronic. Because <laughs> I, I looked at, oh my God, you, you know, it's like I paid, I paid less for my first house. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> I know, it's crazy. So anyway, 
y'all uh, y'all keep up the good work, and we'll keep keep these vehicles rolling. There you go. I, there you I, go. I, I put a drive on lift in my shop just so I can do my own oil changes because well, I just go. like pedaling <laughs> around with my own stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Gives you anyway, a little insight. Y'all uh, keep keep the show going and enjoy listening. All so right, we'll man. All Thank later. you. Thanks, Carl. Thanks man. A lot. Bye bye. All right, we're going right back to our phone lines with Ken. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. I have a, two, I have a 2008 Nissan Maxima, and the two front rear tire, two front tires need to be replaced, okay. front wheel drive. Uh-huh. Where shall I have placed the new tire? The rear tires are still serviceable. Yeah, Especially you bring your ba- bring the two rears to the front and put two new ones on the back. And I know that flies in the face of logic, but that is what needs to be done. If you put two tires, you always want them on the back, even on a front-wheel drive car. Because the rear of the car is going to control the stability a lot more than the front. If you start to lose any control in the front, you can kind of adjust your steering wheel. The back, you have no control at all. And if you ever drove a forklift and you turn those back wheels just a little bit, you know, it just swings on around. Yeah, New ones always on the back, and then put the ones in the back, if they're still serviceable, put those to the front. Copy that. Very good. Right. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank Appreciate you, sir. It. All right. Bye-bye. All right. 291-6901 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we'd love to have you. Bunch of good calls. Bunch of great calls. There you go. I think we were talking a little bit about biased information right. and all that sort of stuff before the show goes on. And what you're looking for in information is someone who really doesn't have anything to sell to you. Right. And doesn't, that's one thing we always brag about on our website. We offer all this information and and there's nothing there for sale. Yeah, there's nothing for sale. We don't. We know that probably ninety percent of people who go to our website will probably never do business with us because right. they're in another state or a lot another of country. another country. Right. But yet, what we're trying to do is put good information out that people can use. Exactly. Rather than trying to sell it. Now, you can see the difference in a website if you go in and there's article after article after article on the way things work. This is how it works. These are some things that can go wrong. When they go wrong, these are some things to check. That's probably going to be information you can use. Exactly. Now, if they start out with, you know, come to us, these are our services, da-da-da-da-da, this is how much this costs. You know, the worst thing I find with a shop when you're picking a shop is that if you walk in, they got a big menu board. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a fast food restaurant. You walk in, a big menu board. We got the Happy Meal 1, Happy Meal 2, the da 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 now, what that presupposes is that the client is going to diagnose his own problem and come in and tell you what he wants fixed. Exactly. Now, that in and of itself wouldn't be so bad, except that what it indicates to me is that you probably have a shop here that is not strong on diagnosis. They would prefer to offer services, let the customer pick the services he wants, and then just perform them. Now, why is that? Because the profit is in performing services. Exactly. Diagnosis is the most complicated thing in a shop. It's the most expensive thing a shop can do. Yep. It requires the most equipment, the most training, the highest paid personnel generally. And people can be sucked in. In other words, my car is pulling to the right. Okay. I'm going to assume that that is an alignment. So I started looking around how much is an alignment. Now, what nobody most, determined is that even the problem. Right. And what you're going to find is you're going to, you're going to call around and you're going to find the cheapest guy to do it. And he could very well, you know, well, the reason up. why he's the cheapest. Right. Right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He can cause you more problems exactly. than you ever had initially. We're going to take one last quick little break. Be right back for more in the automotive hour. 
Hey, Mike, I'm thinking about boiling some shrimp. You know where I can get a good price? Oh, yeah. I got a shrimp guy, but there's a catch. His name is Remy Labateau, and you have to go down to Lafouche Parish and meet him after midnight. Okay. He'll be behind the dumpster of an abandoned fireworks stand off Louisiana 1, and you have to buy exactly 50.3 pounds. Well, that's oddly specific. It seems everybody's got a guy these days. And if you're looking for an automotive guy, look no further than the team at Agco Automotive. No hassles, just straight up quality maintenance and repairs. And with Agco's general inspection, they can perform an annual checkup to find any problems and schedule maintenance to keep your car running right, saving you money in the long run. So what kind of seasoning do you use? Oh, I got a seasoning guy, too. How do you feel about traveling to Bangkok? Get automotive peace of mind. Schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alzan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our general manager, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, we still got a lot of time. If you give us a call, we can get you an answer to anything that might be on your mind. There you go. And should you happen to miss your prime opportunity, you can always get your questions answered on our website, which is agcoauto.com. That is A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. There is a contact bar on each and every page. Just click the button. A little form is going to pop up. Fill it out and hit the send button. There you go. Couldn't be easier than that. You know, we were talking a little bit about biased information right. and all that. And I would always be cautious of someone who recommends a specific product for the most part. And there probably are some times where that is maybe advisable. But more likely what I'm looking for is, okay, this is the way this works. This is what makes it better. This is what makes it worse. Rather than, yeah, use this. Uh-huh. Because there's very few things you could ever recommend that are going to be universally applicable anyway. So if I want to know about the speed rating on tires, if you go on our website and just type in speed rating, there's a big article, and it tells you what speed rating is, right? what it means, why it's there, what happens if you don't get the right tire, what are going to be the effects. But it's not going to say you need to buy this. It's exactly. not, no call to action. It's going to just tell you how it all works. Once you read all the information, then likely you're going to choose the right one, which is generally going to be the one the engineer who designed the car specified for the car. Exactly. I had a guy read that article the other day. He said, man, it's the best article on speed rating I've ever seen. Everybody else just says, put back what comes on there. But you actually explain why you need why to do that. Why this certain tire was on there. Yeah, why is that on there? And you paid probably an inordinate amount of money for the car you sure. got. And part of that was because you liked the way it handled, the way that it drove, the way that it stopped, the way that it accelerated. Well, all that is predicated on a suspension system, which is designed to use a, a specific certain, tire. Exactly. Now, if you change one part of that and you put a different tire on there, that's going to change everything. Mm-hmm. going to change, change the way it rides. going to change the way it handles. Just like you said, it's going to change the way that the car reacts. Yeah, you, you're going to negate all this stuff you paid to have put in there. Another example of that was... A lot of your pneumatically operated suspension systems on cars, these generally have an airbag or air-operated strut or shock or whatever. And you bought that car because you liked the way it rode. And I'm just going to pick, say, a a Lincoln Town car, even though they're not with us anymore, but they had the air suspension on. They did. Had two airbags in the back. They rode wonderful. They rode great. They did not wear tires. They handled well. But now part of that was that that airbag, at some point in time, maybe around 8 to 10 years, it was going to dry rot and has to be replaced. Right. It's a rubber component. It's a expendable component, a consumable component. 
now what people, well, I'll just take all that off and I'll put this kit that converts it to regular. Why would you do that? Right, because you're going to change the entire ride. You're going to change the entire profile of that vehicle. You are, and you're going to have all kind of lights on your dash because the computer runs it, and it sees it's not out there anymore. So now you're putting up with all these lights on your dash. Sure. Your braking may be affected. Your, your ride's going to suffer. Yeah, not only that, but you get the car aligned perfectly. You put four brand-new tires on it. You put this junk on there. You go on vacation, you throw four suitcases in the back and four people in the car. Well, now the car's going to squat down because it can't pick itself back to normal height. By the time you get to Colorado and back, you wore your two front tires out. Exactly. So did you really save any money? People want to kind of go the long way around. Just fix it, man. Just exactly. put it back the, put it way back the way it was. It was. And most of the time you're going to be, I mean, they spent an inordinate amount of time designing this system, testing this system. It was out for years and years and years and years. Gave almost no problems if you knew what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Almost every problem I've ever seen with that system is somebody improperly serviced it or somebody substituted something on it. Right. You rarely do you see just a catastrophic failure unless it was self-inflicted. This is where, let's say, the bags will dry rot. Okay, at that point, you, the car is going to squat down at night when you park it. When you get in the morning, crank it up, it's going to air back up to ride height, and it'll may, it may do that for months. But the kicker is, not only are you overstressing the pump, because that pump is designed just to maintain that system right. at static height without leak. It has a duty cycle. It's, and when those bags start leaking, you exceed the duty cycle. On right. It. It's not designed to pick a car up that's on the ground continuously. It will not do that. The pump is not designed for that. Not only that, but when it's drawing in all that air and compressing it, there's a lot of moisture in the yep. air. It has a little desiccant bag, which is designed for proper operation. Proper operation is that pump runs for about three to five seconds, maybe once a day. Mm-hmm. Now, you start running that pump for 10, 15 minutes, you three start- or four times a day. Well, you overload a desiccant bag and you start putting moisture in the system. Now we got a contaminated system. We got an overworked pump. The pump shorts out and takes out who knows what. Maybe the usually always takes the fuse out. Yeah, and maybe some of the wiring. Yeah, who knows what? Now at this point, you've got a catastrophic failure. Sure, because you still got the original two airbags. That was the problem initially. Now you need a pump. You put two bags on, but it still won't come up because the pump's wore out. Right. So you put a pump on it, but the system's all contaminated. So. You know, unless you're going to change the pump, the desiccant, flush all the lines out, check all the connectors, make sure everything's operating properly, and change the bags, you're not going to fix this car. Right. You could have saved that with just changing the bags when they started leaking down. Yeah, when, or, or even before. I mean, if you have a general inspection on your car, like we recommend, he's going to spot these bags are cracked. Right. Hey, let's get these changed out. We can avoid all this. Now, the bags are not cheap. They may be two, $300 a piece, but it takes hardly any labor to change, and maybe an hour for both of them. So you're going to have maybe a... Six seven hundred dollar repair at that point. Right. However, you're going to save a three thousand dollar repair. Sure. And I know you can go out and buy this junk from who knows where offshore for a third of that price. But now your car ain't never going to be the same. Again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> ain't no telling what kind of grief you're going to bring on yourself with all that, because all that stuff just doesn't really work like the original stuff did. Right. In some cases it doesn't work at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've had people bring those bags to us. Put them on, pump it up, and goes right back down. Sure, and the bag is leaking because it's not formed right where the where uh, the solenoid locks solenoid in. Solenoid goes in, it won't it won't lock in. It's leaking. Right. They'll leak right there. Sometimes the bands leak that holds the boot to the the casing itself, and they will leak there. Mm-hmm. It's um, not crimped properly. I've seen those the rebuilt pumps or the the new offshore pumps. Mm-hmm. They won't make enough pressure to lift anything. Won't even lift the car. Right. If they do lift it, they have to run an inordinate amount of time to do it, which means they've far exceeded their sure. junk 
duty cycle, whatever it is. Maybe the duty cycle on the original pump was 5%. This was probably a half percent. I mean, yeah, it's, it'll, it'll last as long as you leave it in the box on the shelf. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what's wrong. You put this thing on a car. Yeah. <laughs> it was never designed for that, you know. Exactly. <laughs> so what yeah. we're saying with all of this is be careful where you get information from. Be sure you're getting the right information. And a guy told me one time, he says, a little bit of information is a real dangerous thing. It is. A lot of information may be good, but a little bit is not. And very often you may go on, you read a bunch of junk, we got people coming all the time talking about the menu board again, and they'll come in, they'll say, I need a front alignment. Right. Well, first question out of my mouth, what kind of problem are you trying to solve? Well, no, no problem, I just need an alignment. Okay, well, tell me what's the car doing. Well, nothing, I just need an alignment. Okay, well, let me ask you this. When you pick your car up, what is it doing now that you don't want it to be doing? Or conversely, what is it not doing that you do want it to be doing? Oh, well, it shakes at 60 miles an hour. Okay. Well, now we're at the hard now, problem. Now, yeah, now we got some something to work off yeah, of. Yeah, because... Shaking at 60 miles an hour is not ever going to be in alignment. Nope. Nothing in the alignment that's going to make it shake at one speed. Alignment is fixed. It's in or out. If it's out, it's going to do whatever it does all the time. If it's in, it's not going to do it. It's not going to come and go with speed. You're looking more at like a bad tire, a out-of-balance tire. Something, something that's rotating. Bent, something that is rotating. And when it gets to a high enough speed, it picks up a shake. Right. Now, if you go to the average shop and you say, I need alignment. Okay, great. They bring it in the back. They may or may not check it first. If they check it, maybe it is out of alignment a little bit. They go ahead and set it for they you. They set it for you. They go drive the car maybe 10, 20, 30 miles an hour in Baton Rouge, about as fast you're going to get anywhere. Right. Give it back to you. You go on vacation, 60 miles, still got the same shake. Now, you're mad at them. Well, now, who's they at didn't, fault here? They didn't fix your car. Who's at fault here? Yeah. You never told them what was wrong. You exactly. never told them what you're trying to solve. And I got to blame the shops that put these big menu boards up, advertising prices on different servers for bringing it on themselves. Sure. You're not going to get me in that position because I know there's a problem you're trying to solve here. Exactly. People don't you wouldn't wake be here. up one morning and say, hey, I want alignment. Right. You wouldn't be here if you yeah. didn't. Yeah. If there wasn't a problem. Because you, most people are not going to go out and just throw money away. Yeah. You know, they're, they're trying, not, to, fix, trying something. to get something they're, fixed. They're trying to fix something. And many times they will assume that this is going to do it. Uh-huh. But assume is a very expensive word. It is. You know, it's sort of like we'll get people all the time that say, how much is a tune-up? Okay, well, there's no such thing as a tune-up anymore. There's certain things that are supposed to be changed so many miles. What kind of problem are you trying to solve? Well, nothing. I just, I just want to tune-up. Okay, back up. What kind of what's it doing? Mm-hmm. And again, if you say, what is it doing that you don't want it to do or what is it not doing? Well, it just takes a little bit longer to start. A tune-up is not going to fix. That you know, is, there is no such this, thing as a tune-up. Right. You can put a set of plugs in it. That is not ever going to fix that problem. It's not. It's going to be something like, and I know back in the old days when the plugs wore out, it would get hard to start, maybe yeah, it would but get idle rough. That information you had back in the day does not pertain to the vehicles of today. Right. That information pertains to those vehicles. Everything has changed so much as to, as to the techs that used to work back then. They're lost today. Well, that's like trying to fix a horse with information off of a rabbit. Exactly. <laughs> it's two different things completely because nowadays the spark, is generated by a call pack. It's not gonna. It's gonna continue to fire that plug until there's no more electrode left. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna increase the duty cycle on that call pack until it burns it up. Until it burns the call pack up. That's gonna be the symptom. The check engine lights gonna pop on. You got a misfire, and you got a bunch of stuff burned up. That will be the symptom. Right. You will not feel anything else. It's not gonna idle rough because it's just gonna speed the idle up to smooth it out. It's going to play with the fuel-air mix. It's going to do whatever it has to do. That computer is going to cover up until it can't cover anymore. Yeah. And that's when you get the symptom. Well, when you get a symptom, it's already too late. Exactly. You got something is wrong. 
And normally you're going to get a check engine light on most modern cars, but not always, depending on what it is. Right. You got low fuel pressure or fuel pressure bleeding That's back. That's not going to set a check engine light. Probably not going to set a check engine light, but it is going to make it hard to start. Mm-hmm. So going in and spending money on stuff you may or may not need, getting what may not be as good as what you took out is not going to address this problem, and you still got to fix the original problem. Exactly. Anyway, that's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> hey, we're going to get ready to get on out of here. I'd like to thank our podcasters for listening this week and every week. Tell your friends.